This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to CliffCentral.com. You're listening to In Conference with Michael Jackson here on this amazing platform. It's unscripted, uncensored, unradio. And this is the show where you get to meet the people I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of travels around the conference arena. They tend to be authors, leaders, thought providers, business gurus, speakers like me as well. And we figured here that at Cliff Central it would be really perfect if you got a chance to listen to them as well. So I'm always fond of dialing into South African talent. This podcast is no exception whatsoever because today I'm proud to introduce you to a sales speaker and trainer whose career I've watched go meteoric from humble beginnings five or six years ago. We're talking to a lady called Shelley Walters who's joining us now on Skype for the podcast itself. Shelley, how are you? Hey, Mike. I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be back on radio with you. How does it feel to have your career described as meteoric? Um... To be honest with you, Michael, it feels accurate because it has gone all very quickly and it's been a little terrifying, but I've had fun all the way. So uh, if you told me when when we first met five years ago, six years ago, that this would have happened, I would have said no way. Looking back, I just feel very grateful. So what does the world of Shelley Walters look like right now? What have you been doing and what are you doing currently? It's a lot of travel, Michael. Nobody warned me uh, just how tiring and exciting the travel is. So really, it's traveling around South Africa, up Africa. I've had the privilege of doing work in Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya twice now on my way to Mozambique in September, um, working on my book, which will be ready in November. So that's all very exciting. And then filling my days with what I love, which is speaking and training. How did you become a speaker and a trainer? And why did you choose sales as a major topic? How did I become a speaker and a trainer? Blood, sweat and tears is my simple answer. <laughs> it's been a lot of work, a lot of study of the, the profession of speaking. I had the privilege of having fantastic mentors such as yourself guiding me along the way. Why did I choose sales? Well, Michael, at my core, I am a salesperson. I don't think I could separate the ability to sell from who I am. It's what I've done my whole life. And it's really what I know. I, I get excited about working with salespeople because I don't know of another profession that gives you the ability to truly shape not only what your days look like, but your earnings. I guess and so. I, and the world of selling is dynamic. It's always fast-paced and it's always changing. You've sold, because I've known you before you became a speaker and a trainer, and you've sold in the real world as well as having trained and learned yourself about the art and craft of selling. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I've started in sales. I suppose if I was to be 100% honest, it would have been when I was still at school and waitressing. Of course, you earned only tips and you know the more they eat, the more they drink, the more you earn. And that really is sales, isn't it? Um, from there, I went on to office automation. They say it's one of the toughest sales in the world, second to life insurance. I'm not sure. I think I was too young and too dumb to know exactly how difficult it was at the time. Um, spent four and a half years. I learned so much. had a lot of fun. And from there, went on to Sediba Asset Lease, which was the first at the time, the first black-owned finance house in South Africa, was also very exciting to be part of a, a brand new industry and a brand new organization. And then from there, I went on to Kingfisher FM, where I served as the sales and marketing manager for four and a half years while co-presenting the breakfast show, as, as you know. Um, and there, I'm very proud to say I was part of a team that turned the station around from 100% donor-based income to 100% advertising-based. And we did that in 18 months. A lot of hard work. Um, but I learned some things there about what customers are looking for in a conversation from a salesperson. Um, of course, from there, as you know, I made it up to Johannesburg and I worked with an organization called Raise Corp where I consulted with uh, probably upwards of 60 
companies in South Africa varying from funeral homes to online bookstores, guys turning over a couple of thousand to those turning over well over a million rand. Um, and there I really learned again just what it means to cut your teeth in sales. You know, Michael, when I started in sales, I was told the entry point to being able to sell is you must be able to walk and chew at the same time. I love it. Now, women tend to be good at that. Men are single-minded. We can't do everything at once. But <laughs> you've obviously grasped that one quite well. I still struggle. But here's the thing. Would you agree with me that customers have changed? Yeah. I mean, look, without a doubt, the way that we interface with products, companies, services. I mean, I know from my daily interactions around the world as well that, I mean, salespeople, to my mind, unless they reinvent themselves, are almost going to be in the corporate headquarters based in Jurassic Park because nobody wants the old-fashioned pound-the-shoe-leather salesman anymore doing the cold calling. In fact, if somebody were to cold call me, i just hang up immediately, right? So customers have changed. Salespeople have changed. What are the trends that you see, Shell? Well, more of your new business is going to come out of your existing networks than any other channel at all. So it's critical that we learn how to network and how to network well and what that means. And the studies show that it can take between five and seven years to start building a good network. So if any of the listeners haven't really started, I'd encourage you to start that as soon as possible. Some of the trends and what's changing from the customer's side, Michael, so here's the thing, 57% of the buying process, and this is according to Forrester's Research, one of the world's leading research organizations, 57% of the buying process is now completed by the client before they ever engage with a sales professional. Oh, and that's because of social media, Google, everything you need to know about a company is literally one click away, I guess, at the moment. So you don't need to go through the brochures and all the old painful stuff. You're straight into what you think you know, I guess, and I'm talking as a consumer. Would you agree with that? I would agree with you 100%. I think there's two things, and the one I just want to speak to what you said, what we think we know. So the, the, the research also shows that if we can help to shape the client's buying criteria, we will have a 65% likelihood of closing that deal. But to your point, the customer thinks that they know what they need. And at that point, it becomes very difficult for us to help to shape their buying criteria. But I also believe, I'm of the opinion, that a large reason why the customers have taken so much control of the process is because a lot of salespeople have become irrelevant. They have not evolved at the same rate as the buyers have. And Michael, you speak about change. You talk about how if the rate of change outside of an organization is exceeding the rate of change inside of the organization, the organization is, is facing some clear and present dangers. And the same thing is true of sales professionals. If they are not matching or exceeding the rate of evolution of their clients, they're going to be in a very precarious position if they're not there already. I love this concept of evolution, though, and I think you're right, because I have an almost Stone Age view of many old-fashioned salespeople. What about companies, though? I mean, you're talking to salespeople when you go and speak around the world, as you do. Uh, you've escaped PE and gone global. That's a <laughs> massive thing in its own regard. Um, what about companies, though? I mean, do you think companies are aware of this, or are they bogged down in the same old clunky machinations selling 1950s, 60s, and 70s style? I think the queries that are coming in... Um are evidence of the fact that companies are becoming increasingly aware that what they've been doing is not working. And the challenge for them, however, is what do they teach? And and so it's a controversial statement, and it's not true of all um, sales training out there. There's some really good stuff out there. But in my experience, most of the sales training is teaching sales professionals to be better and better at skills that customers care less and less about. Let's take cold calling as an example. 
Mm. Let's take product demonstrations again as another example. There's so much time, effort, and energy being spent on these skills that our customers don't care about anymore. Michael, here's a scary statistic. The clients tell us that nine times out of ten, well, it's actually 89% of the time, that a salesperson walks out of their boardroom, they feel that hour of their time was a complete waste. In other words, they've learned nothing new. Wow, that's scary. That is a shocking statistic. There's an opportunity, however. But before I tell you about the opportunity, just think about that. If you're a bean counter, that means you have a channel that's operating in 10% of its capacity. The, the, the findings are that it takes um, – you've got a 2% success rate from cold call to meeting. So you'd have to do 100 calls to get two meetings. That's 500 calls to get 10 meetings. Of those 10 meetings, nine of them, the customers are saying – You've not provided any value to me, anything of any relevance. Those are really scary statistics, and you could see why some would really be struggling to make their targets. So how do you overcome it? Where does the opportunity lie? How are you changing mindsets for sales professionals? When you consider how much time is spent on creating an excellent product and providing an exceptional service, and then at the end of the day, you put all of that value and all of that potential into the mind and mouth of your salesperson who sits face-to-face with your client, it's well worth learning what it takes to craft a differentiated conversation. In other words, a conversation where the customer is not thinking to themselves, You sound like everybody else. I cannot tell the difference between you and your competitor. And just as a sideline, when when they can't tell the difference between us and our competitor, that's when they commoditize our offering. We don't on price. Correct. We don't choose on price unless we see no other difference. But an opportunity for companies to differentiate themselves lies here. Simply become the person who's delivering value nine out of ten times and not wasting your client's time. If you don't know going into that meeting what value you have to deliver and what the objective of that meeting is, and if you can't measure at the end of it if that has actually been attained, you're doing what salespeople did in the 70s and the 80s, and that is you're winging it. You arrive unprepared, and the customers know. And drowning, in your words, in a sea of sameness, which is no place to be whatsoever. 100%. Not if you, not if you, want, to, you want to get out of the trap of selling on price. And let's face it, it's a place we all know. It's a place we all dread. Nobody wants to be here. What, what about the branded salesman? I mean, I've, I've been using an app recently called LinkedIn Connected, which I've been found as a fantastic tool for hooking up with people on that LinkedIn platform. And they tend to be there quite businessy and quite, you know, well-orientated in the world of speaking and conferencing and business. So it's a good platform. However, when I go through the people that it suggests each morning that I should be hooking up to, and a lot of them are salespeople as well because they're selling all sorts of things, I find people have got poor brand image, poor, poor identity. They're, they're not really good at displaying who they are themselves. And that's a turnoff for me, even before I get to whatever it is that their products or goods or services are. Would you agree with that? I would agree with you 100%. And Michael, that's just further evidence of the fact that sales professionals are not taking this evolution seriously. What you got away with when you started out in your career is not going to get you ahead in the next 15 years. Here's a shocking prediction. Some futurists predict that within 15 years, there will be 40% less salespeople on the planet than there are today. That means four out of 10 salespeople will be doing something else. And let's face it, most of us have no admin skills. I don't know what we're going to do. The good news is that the 60% that remain are going to be making a lot more money because they bring a specialized skill set. But in order to do that, firstly, you must see yourself as a professional. Online, offline, you've got to live your brand, not only the brand of your organization, but who are you? Because I can deal with anybody in the world, 
Right now, we're doing an interview on Skype. It's amazing. I'm speaking to one of the world's leading speakers on change and a top radio presenter, and I can deal with anybody. Yeah, and when and you look at the numbers where this podcast goes with Cliff Central, that's phenomenal. 100,000 podcasts downloaded a week. And when I was and looking at my numbers the other day, people are listening to this show in Korea, in Germany, Australia. I mean, globally, we're talking all over the place, not just that- at our base in Joburg. And that's the two-edged sword, Michael. If you put something great out there, it can reach the world. But if you don't see sales as a profession, and if you're sloppy on LinkedIn, on Facebook, or on Twitter, or in how you present yourself, or the preparation for your client, your clients deserve better, and they're no longer willing to tolerate your inefficiencies. Wow. So – and I'm sorry, that's a harsh thing to say, but it's my experience. Would you disagree? No, not in the slightest. Now, I know that there's a lot of uncomfortable salespeople or people responsible for salespeople listening to this. Where do they get more information about Shelley Walters and the legendary stuff that you're speaking about? How do they find you? Easy peasy. Two places. Go and have a look at uniquespeakerbureau.com. And you'll find me there. Alternatively, you can find me on Twitter. It's Shetty Walters. Facebook, it's Shetty Walters. And LinkedIn, just for a change, it's Shetty Walters. I'm pretty easy to find. Shelly is S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Walters as in Walter with an S. So that's easy enough to go. You're all over the place. People can Google you and find you. Are you speaking all over the country? Are you going worldwide? What are you doing in the next few weeks and months? Uh, Next few weeks, it's Joburg, Cape Town, and Mozambique. And I hope all of that is business because you don't deserve a holiday. I'm stuck in the studio here and you're telling me about Mozambique. That's just not fair, Shelley Walters. It's a tough job, Michael. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Seen at an airport somewhere near you. If you've not met Shelley Walters before, she's an absolute powerhouse. Go and Google her. Go and take a look at her stuff. The sales training stuff, I've seen it. I've been a part of some of it. I've also seen her get involved in presentation skills as well. There's an extra resource for her. Look her up. Go and check her out. Shelley, you are a legend. Keep it going. Uh, I look forward to bumping into you at an airport somewhere soon. Fantastic, Michael. Coffee's on me. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to cliffcentral.com. This is the show in conference with Michael Jackson, where you get to meet really interesting folks from all over the planet. Make sure you're dialing into the webpage at cliffcentral.com and make sure you're downloading lots and lots of in-conference podcasts from Shelley Walters and myself. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening. Cliffcentral.com.